Well, God is good. They're doing a great work in the Austin area. That's what I'll call it. In the Austin area, and they're huge blessing to us, and just just awesome to have, like he said, to have family that love God. You know, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. We took a family picture last night, and it's growing. You know, it's widening. You know, we got have to get one of those wide angle. Well, Mm-hmm. wide-angle lens, right? <laughs> uh, awesome. So it's a great day. Amen? Um, so I just want to, I'm just going to share with you just a few things that I see as, as our, really our The, the, the foundation of who we are and what we came here to do and, and the purpose behind it. Um, in, we, we just spent this week at the Southwest Believers Convention and <clears throat> we've been going to the Southwest Believers Con- Convention since 1981, the first year that they had it. And, um, and we've invested a lot of time and a lot of effort in, in going and and being a part of that. It, the, the Believer's Convention is a convention that's not like every convention. I mean, there's probably others similar to it, but it's a, it is a morning till night, starting on a Monday morning at, at 9 o'clock in the morning till most of the time around 10 o'clock at night, service after service after service of different speakers bringing the Word of God. And I can say without a doubt that that conference has molded and formed mine and my family's life in over the last 33 years, and um, been a been a, a, a huge blessing and and imparted many great things. And so, in 1989, here with just a few people, next week will be 25 years that we have pastored this church, and um, we came here to this town with a with a lot of zeal and a lot of expectation and as Gordon said just a a minute ago you know we've we've stayed faithful to bring the word and to preach the word through the years um what I didn't realize and you know hindsight's always clear you know when you look back and you think well you know if I if I just would have known that but you wouldn't you know Hindsight can be clear, but it would never be that way because you'd never see it that way, you know. And so you can't look back like, man, I wish I'd have done that. If you do, you're going to live in the past. Paul said, one thing I do, I forget what's behind, press forward to the mark of the high calling that there is in Christ Jesus. And that, that's where we want to live in that place constantly where we're pressing and looking forward. I mean, we're making a difference today, but we want to look forward, not backwards, one reason we look back is to learn from our mistakes, but then we forget them and move forward. Amen? And, and so, in 1989, as we came here, we had a, a purpose and a passion. Jesus started his earthly ministry at 30, and so did I. And uh, so, you know, it sounds spiritual anyway. Um, but but what, what we came here to do, and I'm going to read... I'm just going to read a number of passages to, to make my points. 
What we came here to do is found in Matthew 28 and verse 18. Matthew 28 and 18. And it's it's really Jesus' last command. In verse 18 it says, And Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So, real, real early on, our statement of faith was that we were a church discipling people in the power of God's Word, taking the Word of God and discipling and renewing and changing the lives of people. And that's what we've been doing for 25 years, and we're still doing it. And in fact, in the last two years, we've really resurrected that and, and focused on the two greats of the Bible, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, and, and to make disciples of all nations. And discipling is not making somebody like you, but you being like him and then changing people into the image of Jesus and who he is in the earth. And the more we do that as a unit, as, as a church around the world, then people will be like him and not like us. I don't want people to be like unrenewed parts of me. I want people to be the reflection of who Jesus is. And that's our responsibility. And that's why we have to constantly be growing. And that's why the word of God is so important. Our desire has always been, and this is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, our desire has always been, and, and our focus has always been on the Word. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 22, it says, Since you've purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart having been born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever because all flesh is as grass and all of the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. In other words, all flesh just, you know, slowly decomposes. And the word of the Lord endures forever. And what word is that? Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. So, it's not just the pages of this. And and I'm going to make a statement. I've been thinking about this since the first of the year. I heard heard this as I was praying at the beginning of the year. And and you you can process this yourself. But this really isn't the word of God. It's a book. And the only difference in this and the Webster's Dictionary is that this has the potential to be the living word and the Webster's doesn't. It's a book. I mean, I can take this and throw it on the ground and lightning won't strike. People think that it would. I've known people that think that if you do something with this book that something bad will happen to you. But this isn't the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. Amen? And if He didn't come out of the pages of this book, if He didn't come out of the pages of this book into your heart, you will never change. 
So the, the, the book that has the potential to, to be the living word will never change your life. And so we have endeavored to preach the word because that First Peter 1 scripture says it's the word that was preached to you, the word that was declared to you. We've committed the last 25 years to preach the living word that will change and renew your soul so that your life doesn't just end up as a person not fulfilling the plan and the purpose of God in your life. Your life doesn't just end up with no revelation and understanding of God, but your life fulfills the purpose and plan on the earth. But it can't happen if the pages of that book right there don't become real to you. You'll never fulfill the plan. He's got the blueprints to your life. And this is the blueprint. But you know, a builder with blueprints, if he doesn't do anything with it, the building won't just get built because he has the blueprints. Same way, this, isn't, this is not the living word unless it comes out of the pages and it begins to change who you are. Amen? And that happens through the preached word, as we just read. So we've endeavored in the last 25 years to preach and bring the word and not get off of that. Um, when, we, when we first came, there were certain foundational things that we began to preach, and a lot of the revelation that was in my heart came out of the Southwest Believers Convention and the word that I heard there. And, you know, you can go to conventions like that and hear the word, but the word that you hear won't change you if you don't do anything with it. So as it began to be a part of me, and, it, and I took ownership of the word that I was hearing, and I was, I'm, I'm very grateful for the, the word that I've heard through the years, one of the things that we taught that we were adamant about teaching here was faith. And Romans 10 and verse 1 says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ, in other words, the living word, Jesus, the living word, is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith. Everybody say righteousness, righteousness. of faith. faith. And it, it speaks this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who, is it, or, or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring him back up from the dead. But what does it say? It says the word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And we've, we've always heard, and it is, that that's the Romans road, and that's our, our journey and our, our pathway to first-time salvation. But the other thing, and, and I'll, I'm going to read a verse of Scripture that will back this up. The other thing that we've taught here in the last 25 years is there's something, there's an additional salvation. That seems really weird. But there's an additional salvation. 
and it's called the salvation of your soul. In other words, the renewing of your mind. And what he's saying here is, is this, this confession as a result of believing will cause you to be saved, healed, delivered, and set free in every area of your life from day to day as your mind is renewed. But if there's no preaching of the Word, then there's no renewing of the mind. You can read this book from Genesis to Revelation and read it backwards. I had a sociology teacher in college that knew the Bible front to back, and he made a mockery of it. And I was about a year old in the Lord, and all I could do was fume and yell and scream and be mad at him because I had no revelation. He beat me up with the word and made a fool of me in the class because I was so adamant about the fact that he, he, you know, he was coming against the God that I had received, you know? So reading the book will not bring revelation. It's the preaching of the word that causes faith to come alive. And in the 17th verse of this passage right here, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and then hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing with these ears, and then the true hearing comes as a result of the Holy Spirit revealing to you <clears throat> what it was that he meant in what was being said. Today I'm preaching, I'm sharing some things with you, uh, I, I'm taking certain truths and reading scripture, and the fact that you're hearing it, it should be stirring you. But if you don't do anything with what I say and don't give the Holy Spirit time to reveal what he wants to say to you personally, then it won't change you, see? Because I'm not the true teacher. I put the word out there, but the Holy Spirit takes the word that I say and he breaks it down for each one of us individually. That's why a word preached can touch everybody in the house. But you know what? Someone, if you got 10 people today together and, and, and you went to lunch today, you'd hear 10 different things that people got out of the message because of where you're at. That's the power of the preached word. That's what we've been committed to do for the last 25 years, and we'll do it for the next 25. Can you say amen? amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now, now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen yet. And verse 6 says, it's impossible to please God without faith. So if it's impossible to please him without faith, we want to know how to develop faith. See, it's not like God's disappointed with you if you're not in faith. See, that's not what it says. It says it pleases him because he knows the victories that you'll experience in life when you understand how to apply faith in your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you don't understand the faith principles, which we're not going to teach today, if you don't understand the principles of faith, through the teaching of the Word, the Holy Spirit can't reveal that. Everybody say, can't. He can't. He set it up, God set it up that way that words would be preached through men and women. Words would be preached through humanity. And then you have to learn to allow the Holy Spirit to break that down for yourself. You know, you can hear something today and say, man, Pastor, I don't even know what in the crud you're talking about. Yeah, that's all right. Just say, you know what? He read out of the Bible. I received what he read. And I have confidence the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to me personally what I need to know about that. It's not, you, don't, you don't have to be under pressure that you've got to grow and you've got to be a, some spiritual giant. There aren't any spiritual giants. There are no spiritual giants. There's people who have exercised faith and those who haven't. That's it. Everybody, every person has been dealt the same measure of faith, right? And whether you exercise that faith or not will determine whether you do anything or it develops at, to any level in your life. 
God wants our faith developed more than we have anything else developed because if that's what pleases him, then all the other things that we do are just gravy or whipped cream or icing. Second thing that we spent, have spent a lot of time through the years teaching on is the word righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Verse 16. <clears throat> now all things, now, I mean, I'm sorry. Where was I at? 18. You had it right. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Everybody say become. Now, the day you got born again, you were the righteousness of God in Christ. Before you were born again, in God's eyes, you were the righteousness of God in Christ. But the day you got born of the Spirit of God, you became the righteousness of God in Christ. But that doesn't mean you think that. That's why you need the preached word. doesn't mean that you think that. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You know what that means? That means that you're right with God no matter what. Most people can't handle that. Most people can't accept it. That's why you need the preaching of the Word. That's why you need to be in a place where the Word is being preached. That's why we preach the Word here so that people can change. Thousands of people have come through this church in the last 25 years to hear the preached Word. And we've preached it every week, never missed a day. We've had like maybe one or two services that we canceled in 25 years, right? Like when everybody was gone maybe for weather or something like that, but we preached it 25 years. We've never stopped because we know what you need. And I don't care how long you've ever heard it. You know, in, as we've been going through our teaching on the gifts of the Spirit out of 1 Corinthians 12 in the last few weeks on Wednesdays, um, Paul said, <clears throat> For a man not to ever think more highly of himself than he should think. When you get to a place, and I've seen this happen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times as a pastor. Without exaggeration what I just said. I've seen this happen over and over and over again. Where people get word and their minds get renewed and things get off of them and their lives begin to change. And then they begin to think more highly of themselves, thinking, I don't need that. And that's the worst place that a person can get because everything I've just read to you is how you continue to grow. I've been saved for 37 plus years. But I'm telling you today, I spend more time aware of the foundations of God than I ever have before. Because you know what I realized? 
there were some things that got through the cracks that I didn't learn. <laughs> I was listening to a cassette tape. I have a, I have a well, I stole it from Lee Dunning. But <clears throat> it's, a, it's a little cassette player. And there's certain ones that I, I can't find the CD. I can't find CDs or downloads or anything. And so I'll plug that in. Man, that is really strange to plug a, a CD in. I mean, a, a cassette in. So the other day I was, I was plugging in this, this cassette tape. And it was a teaching from years ago, from like in the 70s. And, and I, was, I was listening to that. And, and this person on this cassette tape said something. And I thought, I never thought of that. I listened to that cassette a hundred times probably, or not maybe that, that, but a bunch. I listened to this cassette tape, I can't tell you how many times, and I miss that. Yeah, because you don't get it all, right? We just see in part. That's why we have to continue to develop that so that we see the whole picture over time, and, and, but, but the whole picture will never be seen in your whole time here. You'll never see the whole picture. You're going to continue to grow and increase, but that's why you need the church. That's why you need the preached word. And you cannot get to a place where you think more highly of yourself than you should think to where you don't feel like you need the word to continue to change your life. Amen? Amen? So we've seen this in, this in this realm of righteousness and understanding righteousness through the years, how vitally important it was. I, I won't read this, but if you're taking notes, Hebrews 5, verse 12 through 14, talks about the, the word of righteousness causing a person to not just be as a baby and need, need, not just need milk, not just the milk of the word, but solid food. God wants us to grow up to where we can handle T-bones. Hmm? Where we can, get, we can get a mouthful of it and really chew it down and swallow it and be a part of us and not just sipping on a bottle for the rest of our life. God wants us to grow up, amen? That's what that talks about. That was, I, I bet I taught out of that passage for two years. I had a guy that used to be a part of my church that moved to Idaho, <clears throat> and he sent me a, he sent me, back in the days of letters, he sent me a letter in the mail telling me he had been gone from here for about two or three years, and he said, man, he said, uh, is there any way you can send me some of those righteousness cassette tapes? <laughs> That you, that you have, because man, he said, I, you know, where I've been, there's no righteousness teaching, and I, I need to hear it, you know, and, and I don't know how many years I taught out of that, that passage right there, just, just on the righteousness of God. <clears throat> the other thing that we've taught a lot on that's found in Luke 10 and verse 19, Jesus said, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. He said, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing would by any means hurt or harm you. And I, I don't know about, about you, but I just, when I read something in the Word and, and the Holy Spirit reveals it to me, I just take it literally. Nothing will hurt me or harm me. And, and, and what, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean to you? Let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you to where you believe that all the time. No, no matter what we've believed in the past, you know where God takes you? Right now. I don't care how many mistakes you've ever made. God doesn't hold you to your mistakes. He takes you where you're at right now. And if we exercise faith today, the faith will work for us for the rest of our life. You see? And, and we start developing that. So the authority that God has given us 
That authority over anything and everything on planet Earth is the authority that we need to know. And again, we're not teaching on this today, but that's what we've been teaching on for the last 25 years, the authority that God has given us, and nothing would hurt us or harm us. Amen? So we can walk in the protection and the care of God. People need to hear it. See, because everybody has an issue with that verse of Scripture right there in some way or another. Because your mind goes tilt. What do you mean nothing would hurt me or harm me? I don't know. Take it up with God. He said it. I just repeated it. What does that mean? You know, I'm just, I just, by faith, I say, that's the way it is. Nothing will hurt me. Nothing will harm me or my family or my church body because I pray that over you all the time. Nothing will hurt you. I, I, I mean, how far can we go? I've found through the years, in the last 25 years of pastoring this church, i found you can go as far. There's no limits, no limitations to how far you can go in your believing. It'll never come at, ah, wait, you can't believe that. Not with God. The believing, if, if I choose to believe it, and it's the will of God because God has spoken that to me in my heart, I can have everything that I say and believe for. But the key is hearing. Amen? A couple other verses that probably we talk about in every service, so we might as well mention them now. But 1 John 4, 4, For greater is he that is in you and me than he that's in the world. And Philippians 3, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're not going to talk about it that today but those scriptures are all about the authority that we have in God I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I've said that out of my mouth multiple times a day as far back as I can remember because I need to hear myself saying when it looks like I can't do something I can do it and I need to hear myself saying that didn't mean it changes the circumstance in the moment but it changes the way I think about it. Because as a man thinks, that's the way he is. So if circumstance is dealing to me and telling me that I'm, I'm a loser in a certain situation, no, wait, 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 I can do this. I'm not a loser because of who God says I am. God loves me and he cares for me and he's positioned me and he's established me so we'll not give in to those thoughts and we'll not be moved by this. And if I don't have that attitude and I don't live that way every day, my circumstances are going to overtake me. Sorry, I got something in my mouth that's really bugging me. Must be a fly or something. <clears throat> no. At least my zipper wasn't down this time, right? <clears throat> it, it was a few weeks ago. I had, I had to go in the back room. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> just in th- I'm, I'm going to go for about 15 more minutes. So, the other thing that, and I mentioned this earlier the other salvation it's not another salvation it's just another piece to salvation and it's the salvation of your soul and in Romans 12 and verse 1 says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your reasonable service now uh, let's let's read verse 2 in the Amplified. Can you switch that for me? <clears throat> Looks like a book. This is verse 2. 
Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, which, you know, we've all been adapted to the customs. So I don't care who you are. But be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself you're not, pro- you're not proving to God anything. God knows the whole picture. So that you may prove for yourself what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. So see, so see over here, you have you before you were saved. Okay? And over here is God. And so... You think one way and God thinks another way. And God's not going to ever move. You have to move to Him. Right? And the renewing process, changing your ideas and your attitudes, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with your attitude. A lot of it has to do with your stinking attitudes that have to change. And what happens is, as I renew my mind through the preached word and then listening to the Holy Spirit to reveal it, studying the word, praying and spending time in it, what happens is I start moving closer to the way God thinks. And that's the salvation of your soul that has to happen on a day-to-day basis. doesn't have anything to do with your spirit, man. The day you were born again, you're not going to get any more saved spiritually than the day that you get born again, when you believe in your heart that God really is who He says He is, and you make confession with your mouth, according to Romans 10. But that salvation process is something that you and I have to to integrate to our day-to-day walk with God so that our soul and our mind is renewed and salvation happens. And that's what our church has been about for the last 25 years, is making sure that people's minds are renewed and they change their thinking. And and the, the difficulty with that is, you don't change your mind and your thinking overnight. You get ideas, you get pieces, you get thoughts. It starts working on you. And then, at the same time that you start changing in your mind, all of a sudden the devil starts working against you. All of a sudden, now that the word has come and you're starting to make confessions out of your mouth and you're starting to say, I'm not going to be moved by what I see, he comes from every direction to try to discourage you that the word doesn't work. What he tries to do is to get you to believe that what you see is more real than what God's word says. That's why you have to stay committed to the preached word. If you don't stay committed to it, then flesh gets its way and flesh begins to arise and take control. And remember, it said, flesh withers away and it falls. Right? We don't want to be just connected to the flesh. We want to be connected to the Word. Because the Word is alive. Uh, uh, Hebrews 4.12 says that it's active and it's energizing and it's effective and it works. Amen? The Word works. And, and apart from anything else, if we don't have the Word, if you don't have the Word working in you on a day-to-day basis, then the other things in life will take over and they will control and rule. And that's why there has to be that process. It, and it sounds worse than it is, but, but it's, just, it's just day-to-day. I mean, the same way you get up and you put, 
your clothes on every day and you go to work and you do the same thing. You just have to put the word on every day. You put it on. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a way of thinking. It becomes what you turn to. It becomes final authority to settle what you battle with. And and I'm telling you, the more you get in the word, the more battles there are going to be. That's why I've seen so many people fall to the wayside through the years because they can't handle the battles. They get discouraged thinking that the word doesn't work. And then 3 John verse 2, other thing that we've preached through the years is healing and prosperity. And 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your what soul prospers, your mind is renewed. There's transformation that's happening and taking place. The Amplified says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and it prospers. So the Apostle Paul knew and, and, and the Apostle John knew and each one of them knew because of the things that they talked about. How controlling that a mind that wasn't renewed could, could deter and, and misdirect someone from fulfilling the will of God. That's why Paul spent over 15 years of time in constant study of the Word before really his actual effective earthly ministry began to happen. He spent over 15 years making sure that he understood all this stuff because if you looked at Paul's past, And if Paul had just been saved for a year and he did a little bit of renewing of the mind and tried to operate on on all the knowledge he had of the past, sooner or later it was going to affect him and change the way that he would think and how how the the future of our lives would be determined. He wrote, he pinned two-thirds of the New Testament. How important was him, was it for him to have his mind renewed and to think like God on on these issues? Well, I'm just asking you today, how important is it for us to think that way? You know, and it's not a pressure thing. It's just, what do we want in life? Yeah. I don't want to just exist. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to just go through the motions of life. I want to be effective. I want to make a difference. And everywhere you're at, every job, every career that you have, the more you realize you're there to be a blessing to people in whatever way that you can, and the career itself is secondary, then all of a sudden, the, the purpose and plan that you're on earth can evolve in a way that you never even dreamed. But that's why, that's why you have to have the renewing of the mind, and that's why that the church is so vital. Because we want to prosper, and we want to be in health. I don't know about you, I've seen a lot of sickness and a lot of disease through the years. I've seen it affect a lot of people. I've seen it, I've, I've just came out of watching my mom battle and, and you know, and, and not win the battle that she was in for, for a number of different reasons. And I hate sickness and I hate disease because God hates it. Amen? It doesn't matter what anybody else has gone through. I'm not saying that anything about my mom or anything else. I just hate it. And I want to know in a greater way how to live in divine health and divine prosperity more than I ever have. And I'm telling you, attacks have come from every direction and in every way to try to discourage and get my mind and my focus off of believing in that. And, and, and I'm just telling you today, that's why I have to stay in the Word and be reminded of what the Word says so that I don't let 
circumstances and situations affect the way I believe the word. You can't let the outcome of another person's life affect how you live the rest of your life. You can't. We have compassion for people. We, we get in the trenches. We fight with people. At the end of the day, whatever the outcome is, we still rejoice because God's still God. Amen? But I'm not going to let it affect the way I believe God for my future. Amen? Well, Pastor, you better knock on wood on that deal. I'll just knock on particle board. <clears throat> There's no knocking on anything. We're just going to believe the word. Yeah, but, but what, 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 if, what if it doesn't happen? Then I'll believe going down. I'm still going to believe the word. You know, no matter what the, 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 the outcome is, I'm going to believe the word because God is true. And every man is a liar and every devil is a liar. What God says is true. What I'm reading to you, what we've been talking about for 25 years is how true God is. And we'll keep doing it. And I'll just tell you this. The glory of the latter house is greater than the glory of the former. Can you say amen? Huh? I'm telling you right now, the glory, the glory of God and the manifestation of the power of God in these days that you and I are living in and the days ahead are nothing like what it's been in the past. Thank God for the past, but our best days are before us. Amen? Our best days. And, and I have to say if, if we keep the word first place and final authority. Amen? Six minutes and I'm done. <clears throat> the other thing that First uh, <clears throat> Timothy 2, First <clears throat> Timothy 2, 1. You got that for me? <clears throat> Isn't that right? Yeah. First Timothy 2 and verse 1. <clears throat> says putting pressure they're sweating back there <clears throat> what did I say yeah first Timothy yeah first Timothy 2 and 1 therefore I, exer I exhort first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Everybody say, first of all. <clears throat> first of all, pray. <clears throat> in 19 and about 91 or 2, we've been here since 89. In 1991 or 2, we started an early morning prayer meeting. I don't know what at time, but it seemed like the first one was at five, and that was too early, so we <laughs> upped it to six or whatever. But <clears throat> we've been praying in this body ever since 1991, once or twice or three times a week in this body where we have corporate prayer. For, for the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years now, eight or 10 years, Sarah Dunning's led our prayer groups and we've got some amazing people that are a part of our prayer ministry and we have affected the nations as a result of our prayers because the bible says first of all pray and it's the will of god so we can live a, a peaceable life in all godliness and dignity well what can, what happens when people pray people pray all over the world but here at gates of the city because we believe the word we pray the word and we've been doing it since the early 90s and we've never stopped
corporately. It's one thing for us to pray individually, but it's another thing for us to pray corporately. And we've done that, and we will never stop that. No matter what, we will never stop praying for people. For ministries, we pray we pray for the, the nations, for governments. I mean, we have, we, have three, we have actually four different prayer times, you know, pre-service prayer, and then, then we have uh, uh, Tuesday morning and, and Sunday morning and Wednesday. Yeah, so it's three right now. We've had four or five at different times. But we have three times during the week when we pray, and we pray believing the Word of God, and we know that it gets results. For if you believe that what you pray will come to pass in the way you send it out if you believe that. That's why you need to have a belief system so that when you pray, it doesn't return void but accomplishes what you set it out to accomplish. Then you stay with it and it affects things. The Bible was real clear at different times when prayers were blocked and hindered. The enemy comes against us even though he's defeated and has no power over us. He comes to us and gets leverage in our lives through deceiving us that God will not do what he said if it doesn't show up when we think it should have. I'll just tell you today, God's never a day late nor a dollar short ever, but we think he is, and so that's when we quit and we get into unbelief, and that's why you need to be encouraged not to quit. Amen? So, 1 Timothy 3 and 15, and I'll end with this. First Timothy 3, well, I was in 1 Timothy 2, but I keep... Um, uh, 1 Timothy 3.15 and Ephesians 3.10. I want to read both of these. So, 1 Timothy 3.15 says this. Paul says, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Old Testament said, that God's eyes were on his house and his heart was in his house. And New Testament here says that the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground of the truth. We know in Ephesians 1 that the church is his body. And we're not going to teach on that today, I'm just making a point. The church is his body. So if the church is the body of Christ, which is the house of God, and his eyes are on it, and his heart is in it, then the truth that is preached from the church, that's why, that, that's why the, this pulpit, you, we've, never, we've never used this pulpit to preach politics. We've never used this pulpit. I mean, we have political viewpoints, but we don't, we don't preach those from the pulpit because it won't produce life. All it'll do is produce division. We've never used this pulpit to take a stand against somebody's life or lifestyle. Well, you know, if you do this, then you know, we don't receive, we've never used this pulpit. We've used this pulpit to preach the word, amen? And the word changes people. And it's the pillar and the ground of truth. And we'll stand for that to the end because Ephesians 3 says this. If we don't have this, then there's no use in the church. The church can just be another community public interest group. If we don't have this, what I'm going to read right here. Ephesians 3 and verse 10 says, 
that God's purpose, the purpose is, it's God's purpose. Do you have that? I want to, let me take it. There we go. Amplified, yes. So, so here, here's the purpose. The purpose is that through the house of God, which is the church, which is the body of Jesus Christ in the earth now, that the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and its innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in, in the heavenly sphere. And what I'm going to end with today is this. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Then why is there so much havoc being wreaked on planet Earth? Why? Because the principalities and powers are, are at liberty to deceive people. Not to have power over people, but to deceive people. And what their deception is, is to bring fear that God will not do what he said he'll do in his word. And so if people, if, if prayer groups like what Miss Sarah leads here in our church, if the people in the prayer groups don't believe that what they say is being effective, then the principalities and powers are liberated and free to get away with things that they were already defeated in. And the purpose of the word is to be preached so that the Holy Spirit reveals in the lives and the hearts of people in their minds that their minds are renewed so we think like God and the principalities and powers are known that they're defeated. I declare today, I declare in this place today that the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness and high places have been defeated. They're defeated over your lives, over this city, this county, this state, this nation and planet earth. Amen? They've been defeated. And today, we declare that the word that has been preached from gates of the city over the last 25 years has been effective. And it's energizing, it's effective, it's working, and it's manifesting. And as we put it out in the airwaves out there, all the other junk that's out there in the airwaves, we believe those things are coming down and people's minds are being changed. People's bodies are being liberated. People's finances are being set free. People's thinking is changing so that they don't stay in the same mess and rut that they've been in. And that the glory of the latter house is greater than the glory of the, uh, of the former house. And our greatest days are before us today in the name of Jesus. I believe that for every one of you. And that's, that's not a cheerleader sermon trying to, trying to work you up emotionally. I'm telling you the word says so. And if the word says so and it does say so, then that's the way it is. Amen? Let God be true and let every man and every other thought be a lie. Amen? So, for... 25 years, Becky and I have stayed the course no matter what. Amen? And if it wouldn't have been for my wife, I might be in a ditch somewhere dead. She's been the greatest blessing in my life. And our unity in one accord cause amazing things to come to pass and and I, honestly God told me a couple of years ago that the rest of my life the rest of our life was going to be spent in in putting into people of the next generations and seeing them take the baton and rise up and be all God created them to be and that's I'm not here for myself I'm here for people 
but I'm here for people in the right way. Not, not, not through manipulation or, th- or, or those kind of things, but I'm here for the right way. For people that want the word, we're gonna continue to give the word and bring the word every single time. We spend our, I spend all week getting, getting myself ready at different times. I'm not talking about studying all week for a message. I'm just talking about, I mean, all, all I need is a thought. <laughs> if I get a thought from God, I can preach it. Because all, all I, I mean, I've studied the word. I, I can preach on a dime. I can preach a hundred messages in a minute. But all I want to say is what he once said. And we'll continue to preach it for that very purpose, that your minds be renewed so that you do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ be edified. Amen? And we accomplish on the earth what God created us to accomplish today. So come on, let's, let's give God praise today and let's thank him in the house. Woo! Father, we thank you today for your greatness. Thank you, Father, for your people and for the glory of your presence in this day and this hour. Thank you for the future being more glorious than the past. We thank you for the past. But we're not living in the past, we're living today. And our expectation and our faith and our confidence and our righteousness and truth is in you. We're so thankful for the revelation that we have. Lord, we're so thankful that your word works. We're so thankful that you're true to your word. Today, I thank you for every household, every household represented here today, that their best days are before them because of you in them. It's because of you and the Holy Ghost in them. Their best days are before them. We rejoice and we give you praise and glory and honor that you're due today, Father. And everybody said amen and amen.